WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Michigan Court of Appeals has ordered another resentencing for Efren Parides. Parides was 15 years old when he allegedly shot and killed 28-year-old Rick Teslaff during a robbery of Rogers Vineland Supermarket in St. Joseph in March of 1989. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole, but has always maintained his innocence. Parides has unsuccessfully appealed the sentence several times, but a 2016 ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court found life without parole sentences for juveniles to be unconstitutional. A 2021 resentencing of Parides by Judge Charles Lasada resulted in a second sentence of life in prison without parole. However, now the state appeals court has ruled that was an error. The state court says the local court did not properly apply a previous ruling. It has ordered Parides to be resentenced again, although it denied a request from Parides for a different judge. Michael Sepik, who prosecuted the Parides case in 2021, tells us, quote, the prosecutor's office believes Parides should be sentenced to life without parole under the new standards. No date for the resentencing has yet been set. The Michigan State Legislature is moving toward approval of a slew of new gun bills aimed at reducing gun-related crimes. Local Republicans say it's too much and directed at the wrong people. More from WSJM's Ken Lundberg. This week, the Michigan House is expected to approve legislation that includes universal background checks, gun storage requirements, and so-called red flag laws, where people with potentially violent behavior could have their guns temporarily removed by law enforcement. House Republican Brad Paquette, who represents the area from Three Oaks to Dwajek, opposes the red flag proposal. I just feel like that's going to, one, bypass due process, and then two, um, it's going to have a lot of people telling on one another, and that can cause its own issues, not to mention having our uh, sheriffs and our police officers going to a very, very dangerous situation. The legislative proposals have already passed the state Senate, and in the wake of the MSU shootings, Governor Whitmer called for the bills to be sent to her desk as soon as possible. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have voted to use $2.1 million of federal ARPA funds to give residents a break on their water bills. At a meeting last night, City Commission authorized the second round of utility assistance to those who were behind. Commissioner Edward Isom said this came out of the Personnel and Finance Committee. The recommendation to provide all City Benton Harbor households with an active utility account, a second utility credit of $700 to help offset the negative financial impact of the coronavirus pandemic that affect all City utility customers. Isom says the money is for the people and this will give them relief. Mayor Marcus Mohammed said 47% of households in the city are behind on their bills by $700 or more. 17% are behind between $500 and $699 and 29% are behind $300 to $499. That's as people haven't been paying their water bills while lead lines were replaced citywide. Mohammed said this is a credit for all customers. Just because you may have been paying and that's great. But now maybe you can get get your garage door fixed or maybe you can get some new tires on your car because you've been riding ball because you're trying to juggle and ride Peter to Bay Paul. The city has to shore up its utility fund after a couple of years of residents not paying their water bills. Now that virtually all the lead service lines in the city have been replaced or confirmed lead free, it's time for the bills to be paid again. There are big plans to clean up and revitalize Ox Creek in Benton Harbor, and commissioners heard about them this week. At last night's meeting, the University of Michigan's Craig Borum told commissioners the Ox Creek partnership consists of himself, residents, commissioners, the EPA, and the Southwest Michigan Planning Commission. 
They're developing a plan not only for the creek, but also for Hall Park, which is next to the creek. Being able to picnic, having functioning basketball courts, the restoration of the ballpark, public restrooms, a return of a pavilion. Borum said the city has received a $1 million grant from the Michigan Department of Natural Resources for Hall Park work, while $3 million is coming from the federal government for the creek. Among the plans is a trail to Long Ox Creek. And that trail proposed right now to go all the way from, from Main Street all the way to Napier Avenue um, as a non-motorized trail, one that's accessible to all. We're hoping to use it as a way to educate both citizens, children, anyone really about the ecosystem uh, of the creek. Borum said the priorities include cleaning up the creek, preventing runoff into the creek, and improving surrounding infrastructure. It would cost as much as $20 million for the entire vision, and the plan could come to fruition by the end of 2026. Forum said as more funding comes in, more is likely to follow. An Elkhart, Indiana man is dead following a crash in Cass County today. The Cass County Sheriff's Department says it happened on U.S. 12 near Kensington Road around 5.30 a.m. 58-year-old Timothy Wadby of Elkhart was westbound on U.S. 12 when his vehicle crossed the center line and into oncoming traffic. It struck two other vehicles and Wadby was killed. The other drivers have been identified as a 56-year-old from Niles and a 45-year-old from Niles. Both suffered minor injuries. One was treated at the scene while one was taken by ambulance to South Bend Memorial Hospital. Drugs and alcohol are not believed to have been factors in the crash, which remains under investigation. Covert Township is the recipient of three grants to train new paramedics. With paramedics in short supply statewide, the funds through the EMS Workforce Scholarship Program of the Michigan Center for Rural Health will result in three students receiving $24,000 each for their education. The three students have been identified and are all with the Covert Township Fire Department. Miguel Lorena, Yasmin Cortez, and Jacqueline Zerwalski are expected to begin classes in September of this year. The Covert Township Fire Department is staffed by career firefighters and paramedics who are supplemented by part-time and paid-on-call firefighters. Covert Township also has several police officers cross-trained as firefighters who respond to fire and EMS calls while on patrol. The department takes around 700 calls per year. And Michigan's county road agencies manage 75% of all the roads in the state. This week, they're meeting in Lansing to outline priorities and problems for the next year. Denise Donahue is the CEO of the County Road Association of Michigan and says road funding, including new options for using federal aid, will help them reach their goals. We just put out our county road progress report where we show that of the 90,000 miles that counties are in charge of, we only improved an additional 394 miles in 2022 over the amount that we did in 2021. That means they're making progress, but they're still off track with with their primary service work. It can be a challenge as Michigan has the nation's fourth largest local road system. The conferences started today in Lansing. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. Brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. President Biden is establishing new national monuments in Nevada and Texas. He announced the moves in Washington today, speaking at the U.S. Interior Department for the White House Conservation on in Action Summit. ABC's Karen Travers has the latest. President Biden announced the establishment of two new national monuments, Kastner Ridge in Texas and Avikwa Ami in Nevada. We're protecting the heart and the soul 
of our national pride. The White House says these monuments will protect more than half a million acres of land, part of the administration's climate plan to preserve 30 percent of lands and waters by 2030. We owe to our children, our grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren, and all to come what we have and what we can preserve. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. Former President Donald Trump is in Florida, waiting out the possibility of criminal charges in New York City as the city braces for disruptions that could follow an indictment. Meanwhile, today, Republican contenders in the 2024 presidential race are sizing up the effects a prosecution could have on a campaign in which Trump is a leading contender. The New York grand jury investigating a Trump over a hush money payment to a porn star appears poised to complete its work soon, but not as soon as today, as Trump had predicted. There's a new call by flight attendants to ban babies from sitting on their parents' laps on planes. More if maybe sees Alex Stone. Most U.S. airlines allow children who are under two years old to sit on their parents' lap during a flight. Instead of having their own seat, the baby isn't strapped in but is just held by the parent. Flight attendants have long said that's not safe. And now after several cases of extreme injury-inducing turbulence, in one case an infant flew out of a mother's arms, now the largest flight attendant union in the U.S. is pushing hard to get regulations so all children would have to be in their own seat. The flight attendants say it's impossible for a parent to fight the G-forces of extreme turbulence and to hold on to a child. Alex Stone, EBC News. The Pentagon says it's speeding up its delivery of Abrams tanks to Ukraine, opting to send a refurbished older model that can be ready faster. The goal is to get the 70-ton battle powerhouses to the Russia-Ukraine war zone by the fall. The original plan was to send 31 newer M1A2 Abrams, which could have taken a year or two to build and ship. But the Pentagon said today the decision was made to send the older M1A1 version, which can be taken from Army stocks and will be easier for Ukrainian forces to learn and maintain. The Supreme Court today ruled in favor of a deaf man who claims his high school failed to provide an appropriate public education. ABC's Lindsay Watts says more. It was a unanimous decision by the Supreme Court in a case important for students with disabilities. The justices ruled Miguel Luna Perez, who is deaf, can sue his Michigan school district under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Perez alleges the district used unqualified interpreters and misrepresented his progress to his parents. He says as a result, he never got a diploma. Lindsay Watts, ABC News, Washington. An elementary school teacher who was shot by her six-year-old student says she thought she had died when she passed out from her injuries. First-grade teacher Abby Zwerner spoke publicly for the first time since the January shooting in an interview with NBC that aired Tuesday. Zwerner taught at Richneck Elementary in the Virginia city of Newport News. She said she'll never forget the look on the student's face while he pointed a gun at her. She also remembers her students screaming after she was shot. Zwerner said the shooting has changed her life. She still has vivid memories and nightmares about the day. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has reassured Americans the U.S. government is resilient and ready to take the appropriate actions to guarantee the health and safety of the banking sector. More from ABC's M. Wynn. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen reassured the public the banking system is resilient in her remarks at the American Bankers Association Summit in Washington. Our resolute commitment to take the necessary steps to ensure that depositors' savings and the banking system remains safe. Yellen said the public should be confident in U.S. banks following the recent failures of several banks, but admitted federal authorities need to re-examine regulatory and supervising regimes in the banking sector to ensure they're appropriate for the risks banks face today. M. Wynn, ABC News, Washington. Public screenings in Hong Kong of a slasher film that features Winnie the Pooh have been scrapped, sparking discussions over increasing censorship in the city. 
Film distributor Seven Pillars Entertainment announced on Facebook the release of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey on Thursday had been canceled with great regret in Hong Kong and neighboring Macau. It did not elaborate. For many residents, the Winnie the Pooh character is a playful taunt of China's President Xi Jinping and Chinese censors in the past to ban social media searches for the bear. In 2018, another film featuring the bear character was reportedly denied a release in China. The film being pulled in Hong Kong has prompted concern on social media over the territory's shrinking freedoms, although moviegoers have dodged a bullet. And a deadly fungus is spreading in healthcare facilities nationwide. More from ABC's Derek Dennis. It's a drug-resistant and potentially deadly fungus that a new CDC study says is spreading rapidly in some long-term care facilities and other healthcare sites across the country. The fungus is a type of yeast infection called Candida auris and can cause severe illness and even death in those with weakened immune systems. Mississippi is especially hard hit with a growing outbreak infecting at least 12 people since November with four deaths under investigation. The CDC warning in the journal Annals of Internal Medicine the fungus is not a threat to healthy people, but about a third of those with some pre-existing health conditions die. Derek Dennis, ABC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.